way we grow and produce food is ever-changing, shaped by consumers and the climate in which we live and farm. Research at all points of our food system is essential for continuously improving food's journey from farm to table. The Manitoba Agriculture and Food Knowledge Exchange explores timely research innovations and applications that make our food system better than ever. Join us for today's podcast. Welcome to the Manitoba Agriculture and Food Knowledge Exchange podcast. I'm Amy Johnston, and I'm going to be your moderator for today's podcast. I'm a livestock specialist with Manitoba Agriculture and Resource Development, specializing in poultry production. I also have a background in poultry and swine nutrition. Today we're going to be talking about alternatives to antibiotics for swine and poultry gut health. I have two guests with me today for today's podcast. The first guest is Dr. Martin Nayachodi, Professor and Department Head of Animal Science at the University of Manitoba. Dr. Nayachodi is also the Director of the T.K. Chung Center for Animal Science Research, and his research interests include digestive physiology of pigs, feed ingredient evaluation for monogastric animals, nutrition and gut health interactions, and nutrition and the environment. Welcome, Martin. Thank you for having me, Emmy. Our second guest is Dr. Changbo Yang, Associate Professor in Nutrition and Nutritional Biochemistry in Non-Ruminants in the Department of Animal Science at the University of Manitoba. Dr. Yang's research focuses on gut chemosensing in growth, health, and efficiency of animals, identification of antibiotic alternatives in monogastric animals, nutrient absorption and nutrient transporters within the gut, identification of bioactive compounds in feed ingredients, and functional feed additive development in monogastric animals. Welcome, Chengbo. Thank you, Amy. I'm glad to be here. I'm very excited to be speaking with two experts in the field of monogastric nutrition today and share with our listeners some of the great work that has been accomplished at the University of Manitoba. So just to set the stage, I'm going to give our listeners a bit of a background on antibiotic use in livestock and what has led us to seek out alternatives for antibiotics. Antibiotics are antimicrobial products which have been used for over 70 years to treat bacterial infections in both humans and animals. Until recently, subtherapeutic levels of antibiotics were widely used in feed and water for livestock to improve growth and feed efficiency while preventing gut infection. We now know that inappropriate antibiotic use in people, animals, and plants can contribute to the development of antibiotic-resistant bacteria, reducing the effectiveness of these antibiotics to treat disease. Antimicrobial resistance has become a global health issue, requiring a coordinated, multifaceted approach to changes in antibiotic usage. The livestock sector has taken significant steps to reduce antibiotic usage for animals. Canada has introduced regulatory changes for livestock production, which includes a ban on subtherapeutic use of specific antibiotics which are medically important for human medicine, as well as increased veterinary oversight on the treatment of disease using antibiotics. This leads us to our discussion today on alternatives to antibiotics for swine and poultry production and what tools producers have to optimize the gut health of their animals. So first I'd like to ask, what are the potential gut infections in swine and poultry that can lead to poor health? Okay, Amy, I will, let me contribute to that. Uh, uh, the main intestinal poultry and uh, pig diseases are mainly caused by bacteria. They include uh, diseases such as cholibalcellosis, which is caused by E. coli uh, infections, salmonellosis, uh, 
And in for poultry, necrotic enteritis is a major disease that is caused by Clostridium perfringens. And this is a major uh, disease that is economically important uh, in many modern broiler frogs. In addition, intestinal uh, coccidiosis causes the parasite coccidicia is another severe infection afflicting poultry that is exacerbated by the presence of other diseases and all nutritional imbalances. In general, all these diseases cause substantial economic losses to both poultry and swine industries on an annual basis. Okay. So we know that antibiotics have been used at the subtherapeutic level quite successfully in the past to help prevent uh, many of these bacterial infections. Now that antibiotics are reserved mostly for treatment purposes, what are some of the best practices to optimize gut health? Yes, thank you, Amy. So maintenance of optimal gut health is relied on three interdependent components, uh, immune system, uh, microbiota, and uh, nutrition. So which influence the host physiology and the metabolism? Another aspect that is equally important is the occurrence of the oxidative stress. Therefore, the good nutrition strategy, health, and husbandry management are necessary to control the gut disease and optimize the gut health without using antibiotics. First, let us talk about immune system. Immune system plays an important role in maintaining gut health and function in poultry and swine. Ideally, we would like to maintain a robust immune system that's not overstimulated, and this can be costly to the animal in terms of maintenance requirement, resulting in reduced uh, performance. Generally speaking, the poultry and swine industry use vaccination program to boost and maintain an effective immune system. So. Follow the proper vaccination protocol is uh, critical because the pathogen produces toxins that can stimulate the immune system. So strategy to suppress intestinal pathogens and while promoting proliferation of the beneficial microbes can be effective in supporting gut health and function. Well, uh, speaking of the gut microbiota, uh, this is actually very important. Uh, it is now considered almost as an additional organ that is very complex within the host uh, that contains far more uh, genes than the host animal uh, itself. The microbes receive their nutrients from the host and in turn, they contribute essential nutrients to the host. They promote intestinal development, enhance gut integrity, provide competitive exclusion of pathogens and moderate the regulation and function of the host immune system and sustain immune homeostasis, homeostasis by controlling physiological inflammation. Therefore, the focus on gut microbiota is very important in the maintenance of gut health and function. Another aspect uh, that's closely related to immune system stimulation is oxidative stress. Is that not right, Chingbo? Yeah, you have a good question. You have a good point. Oxidative stress is a major issue in the poultry and swine production caused by highly stressful conditions such as heat stress, antibiotic treatments, weaning, and also fast growing. As a result, excess free radicals, mainly like reactive oxygen species, are formed, which attack damaged body cells, including intestinal cells. This impaired functional cells creates important energy losses and they compromise gut health to animals. Consequently, 
and measuring its fully genetic potential. It's also well established that excess-free radicals result in suboptimal growth performance, lower meat quality, and even reduce the reproduction performance. And essential oils such as salmon and eugenol have antioxidative, anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial property. So research has widely investigated some essential oils such as salmon, eugenol, cinnamaldehyde as an alternative to antibiotics. In the poultry and swine production, mainly because of their essential oils' antimicrobial property, the influence of the living microbes on animal health is undeniable, but the antimicrobial property should not be the only criteria of the selection for alternatives to antibiotics in the poultry and swine production. Lipopolysaccharides, also called endotoxin, are cell wall components of gram-negative bacteria such as Salmonella and E. coli that have received much attention due to their ability to stimulate a low-grade inflammation, oxidative stress in chicken and pigs. One of the likely consequences of this inflammation and the oxidative stress at the intestinal level is increased intestinal permeability, so also called leaky gut. So leaky gut is associated with impaired nutrient absorption and increased diarrhea incidence. So my group has demonstrated a low dosage of salmon and eugenol can reduce inflammation, oxidative stress associated with the lipopolysaccharide and prevent leaky gut. Hmm, that's very interesting. So I guess another important aspect is the role of nutrition in maintaining gut health and function. Martin, could you comment on that? Yeah, sure, I can, I can for sure. There is uh, ample evidence to suggest that diet has a significant influence on gut health. As a consequence, there has been a major focus on dietary strategies to support gut health in poultry and swine. Essentially, many of these strategies are similar for both species, Although diet provides nutrients uh, that are critical for proper growth and development, or its main impact on gut health is mediated through effects on the gut microbiome and the immune system. This is Im or important aspects of feed to consider include feed quality, so things such as feed hygiene, uh, feed formulation strategies, presence of uh, mycotoxins, and processing procedures, among others and dietary inclusion of feed additives with potential as alternatives to in-feed antibiotics. So Chengbo, how about you speak to the effects of mycotoxins to get us started on this aspect? Yeah, thanks, Amy, for this question. You know, it's worth mentioning that mycotoxin contamination in feeds and feed ingredients can reduce feed intake and they compromise the immune system, So, which, which can make animal more susceptible to the pathogens. Minimize mycotoxin contamination in feeds is an important component to, for the antibiotic-free animal production. It was estimated by the Food and Agriculture Organization that approximately 25% of the cereal produced in the world are to some extent contaminated with mycotoxins. To minimize this loss and improve poultry, swine, and gut health, Mycotoxin in feed ingredients should be routinely evaluated to ensure they are safe and detoxified with the effective strategies. For the testing mycotoxin, the standard laboratory detection methods are used. However, these methods are complicated, time-consuming, and expensive. 
Some rapid methods such as uh, lateral flow uh, strip technology have made on-site testing possible, but they are still too expensive. So my group and the other collaborators have developed the integrated microfluidic platform for rapid and low-cost mycotoxin measurement in the feed ingredients. At the same time, we have developed innovative chemical and biological approaches to detoxify worm toxin, so which will indirectly reduce antibiotic use in poultry and swine production through the minimized mycotoxin contents in the feed. Hmm, that's excellent. So I think feed formulation is also very important. Martin, can you talk about that? Yeah, certainly. It is well known that well-formulated diets to meet the nutrient requirements of animals are critical for optimal growth performance. Depending on the age of the animal being fed, it is critical to select feed ingredients carefree, for example, to avoid those that may compromise gut health and function. For example, it is important to formulate young birds and piglet diets in such a way as to maintain a raw gut pH, as this is known to impact stomach pH, feed efficiency, feed digestibility, as well as gut development. Also, some of the ingredients may contain a high content of fiber, which may be beneficial, but generally for young animals is a problem uh, because high fiber, especially soluble fiber, can increase digestive viscosity, which uh, uh, decreases digestive passage rate and depresses the digestive and absorptive function of the gut. High viscosity and increased digestive retention time facilitate bacterial colonization and activity in the small intestine, which can cause health problems in the gut. In situations like these, use of specific feed enzymes, especially uh, carbohydrates uh, uh, digesting enzymes, such as beta-glucanase and silanases, may, be, may help mitigate the negative effects of high viscosity, uh, digestive viscosity and improve poultry and swine gut health. Other anti-nutritional factors must be considered as well, things such as trypsin inhibitors in leguminous uh, feed stuffs. Another nutritional strategy that has been explored considerably is the use of low-protein amino acid-supplemented diet, which has been shown to be quite effective in controlling uh, diarrhea incidences. Also, in some situations, additional nutrient provisions may be required, uh, things such as amino acids in stressful conditions, which uh, lead to stimulation of the immune system in order to be able to support uh, sufficient performance. Okay. So feed processing can also impact gut health and function, especially for young animals, correct? Yes, thanks. Uh, and that's correct. Uh, I want to comment on this as well. So feed process affects the feed intake of poultry and swine. And this is already now it can be influenced uh, both gut function and growth performance. Many feed process methods are available, but the pelleting, heating are the most commonly used methods. Generally speaking, feed pelleting improves growth performance compared to mash, has additional benefits, including reduced ingredient segregation, increased digestibility, and destruction of the pathogen, pathogenetic organisms, and thermal modification of starch or protein, and increased palatability. Heating is uh, a critical step in inactivating anti-nutrition factors, such as uh, trypsin inhibitor, right? Just Martin mentioned, in feed ingredients such as the soybean or soybean meal. However, uh, excessive heating may result in destruction of amino acids, 
and information oxidation products of lipid and proteins that may adversely affect growth performance and intestinal immune function. Okay. So in addition to the good practices that you've just mentioned to optimize gut health, could you please tell us about some of the alternatives to antibiotics in feed base uh, upon some of the research that you've conducted at the University of Manitoba? Yeah, definitely. We are here at the University of Manitoba have been at the forefront of doing research in this space to elucidate the underlying mode of actions as well as the application of many different potential alternatives for poultry and swine production. Effective alternatives to antibiotic, antibiotic growth promoters are supposed to promote growth, prevent uh, diseases, boost the immune system, and improve gut health. The classes of alternatives to antibiotic growth promoters that we have worked with include probiotics, prebiotics, organic acids, and plant extracts, among others. And maybe, Chengbo, you would like to speak to uh, the work that you've done uh, and all that we've done here on probiotics. Okay, thank you, Martin. Yeah, definitely, I can talk about the, the probiotics. Probiotics are beneficial microbes and can improve gut health and function. So over the years, researchers in the Department of Animal Science at the University of Manitoba have done extensive research in the development and the application of different probiotics for swine poultry. Most recently, through the Agricultural Agri-Food Canada Swine Cluster 3 project funded about $1.4 million. So my group and our collaborators have isolated lower probiotic bacteria from different sources, such as like soil and also animal feces. So to control enteric infections and improve gut health and performance of piglets. So maybe, Martin, you can talk about uh, your worker probiotics and the feed enzymes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, other uh, uh, types of additives that we've worked with are like probi- prebiotics, which are basically uh, products or components of the feed that are selectively fermented to allow specific changes in terms of the composition and activity of the gut microbiota in such a way that they are able to confer beneficial effects upon the host animal. Examples of these uh, uh, products include things such as inurin and fructooligosaccharides and resistant starch. In, in addition to changing the microbiome composition, prebiotics may also provide alternative attachment sites for pathogenic bacteria and therefore prevent the pathogen from uh, causing a disease. In various recent studies, we have shown that resistant starch, for example, Supplementation in nursery pig diets prevents E. coli infections and therefore prevents the occurrence of post-weaning diarrhea. Uh, feed enzymes, although we've used them mainly to increase nutrient utilization and therefore animal performance, uh, recent work will suggest that because they are able to break down the complex carbohydrate components in the diet, they are able to release shorter chain fiber products that have prebiotic-like effects. So they are able to also favor the proliferation of the beneficial microbes, modulate the gut pH, and prevent the attachment of pathogens such as E. coli to the gut, and therefore reducing the chances of the pathogen from causing diseases, and therefore prevents post-weaning diarrhea. Also further work has shown that uh, supplementation with these enzyme hydrolysis products maintains gut health. Uh, Several studies have uh, shown that uh, similar benefits are obtained uh, with poultry as well. 
And the fiber components that we've worked with includes things, uh, common feed ingredients, uh, associates such as canola meal, wheat, and soybean. Yeah. So Chengba, you've done a lot of work with uh, other uh, products, including essential oil. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure, Martin. You know, the East, uh, my group has also demonstrated encapsulated cinnamaldehyde and the citrus essential oil, well, as effectively as uh, bactericin, which is the typical antibiotic used in feed. So use the essential in controlling necrotic enteritis due to parasite and the clostridium perfusion in the broader. So this essential oil can also improve the intestinal digestive and absorptive function and modulate gut microbiota in broiled chicken. Most uh, importantly, this encapsulated essential oil can also reduce resistance level of, to the antimicrobials. So the use of the essential oil is already a, a good option, but the, the combination with other additives should lead to higher advantages. For example, a combination of organic acid with essential oil holds the most promise as a substitute for antibiotics in feed. So my group has demonstrated the supplementation encapsulated essential oils and the organic acid show anti-diarrhea effect in the disease-challenged pigness. So Martin, I think you have done a lot of work in the plant extract and can you talk about that? Yeah, uh, I can for certainly. It is known for many, many years uh, that extracts of from medicinal plants may benefit gut health and function in human beings as well as in livestock. Here at the U of M, for example, Dr. Yang's group has demonstrated that lutein, which is one of the uh, active ingredients in these medicinal plants, can reduce inflammation in muscle cells uh, that and that supplementation of lutein or lutein-containing plant extracts, such as red osier dogwood extracts, may present a promising approach to controlling white stripping and good pressed conditions in old prairie chickens. Further work has shown that prairie chickens fed by plant extracts from Manitoba-grown red osier dogwood extracts displayed anti-inflammation and antioxidative stress properties with in vitro cell cultures and had similar growth performance with birds fed diets containing antibiotics, but with a lower incidence of white stripping and good pressed. A lot of work that we've done also here at U of M uh, with the uh, extracts from red osier dog good with pigs have clearly shown that uh, these extracts may have potential to prevent mitigation or to, to mitigate diarrhea diseases in, in, in wind pigs as, as well. How about you, Amy? So this is all very exciting research. Um, I love that you've pulled in some Manitoba-based products as well. This has really provided the livestock industry here in Manitoba with fundamental knowledge. Are there other management strategies that you'd like to mention? Yeah, I actually, in addition to the type of work that we've described looking at alternatives to antibiotics, uh, we've done quite a bit of some research also looking at other aspects that we can put in place to control gut health problems in uh, pot, poultry, and swine. And we can group this uh, mainly into categories. One is obviously having a robust uh, biosecurity protocol on, at the farm level to prevent uh, or control animal as well as people movement so that we can prevent the introduction of disease 
And also within the barn itself, managing the movement of uh, diseases from one end of the barn to the other. So biosecurity protocols are absolutely important, I think, in augmenting all the strategies that we've talked about in terms of controlling or ensuring gut health and function. Other aspects that are equally important are the overall husbandry practices, making sure that uh, as, as producers we are providing proper environmental conditions, for example, to the animals. So things such as temperature, relative humidity, and air quality within the barn. Providing clean water for drinking is absolutely important. Uh, making sure that the barn is clean and sanitized between uh, batches of animals is absolutely important as a way of breaking disease cycle. For wind pigs, for example, making sure that it's, uh, once the pigs are wind, uh, or when, once they're born, they are actually get access to crostrum. Already you set them up in the right path so that once they are weaned, they are much more robust in dealing with uh, the weaning stress and also making sure that feed intake is, uh, is, uh, is achieved by all pigs immediately after weaning is one major uh, step also in helping with the development of the gut. Other aspects that are equally important for poultry and swine is the making sure that we uh, use, for example, proper stocking density uh, for the animals to minimize stresses because there's evidence that shows that um, high stocking density, for example, worsens incidences of necrotic enteritis in poultry. So all these uh, husbandry practices as well as biosecurity protocols, I think they are important in putting together uh, strategies to optimize gut health and function uh, for poultry and swine. Thank you. Okay. So I think the important message here is that swine and poultry producers need to take a multi-pronged approach to optimize health management. I want to sincerely thank you both for sharing your expertise today, and I look forward to continued research in this area from the University of Manitoba. To find more information on this topic, please check out the fact sheets on swine and poultry, alternatives to antibiotics, on the Manitoba Agriculture and Food Knowledge Exchange website along with this podcast. Thank you so much for listening today, and thank you, Martin and Changbo, for highlighting your research. Take care.